I'm in Gauteng today, visiting a deserted old mine. Abandoned old mine building. <laughs> so it's not a mine shaft. I'm, I'm telling everybody it's a mine shaft. It's an old mine building. A mine a hostel, hostel, yeah. Uh, an old hostel. And I love repurposed buildings. And I'm visiting Mark Taverner, the moonshine man, at his distillery. Get your shine on. Get your shine on. It's called Silver Creek. And, Correct, the, yeah. and the brand is Southern Moonshine. Southern Moonshine. Okay. Well, explain that. Well, well Silver, Silver Creek, Creek uh, has got a, a particular meaning to me. Okay. Um, when I was uh, doing my research in, in the USA, everything is, is creek. Okay? Yeah. Whether it be... Um, this creek or that creek in South Africa it's spray yeah. uh, but uh, obviously um, uh, a creek is synonymous with moonshine um, and the making of moonshine it all started with a good source of good clean water and um, Silver Creek uh, resonated with me I had a particular interest in a, in a bluegrass band called the Silver Creek Mountain Band. Okay. And um, they resonated with my ideas of what the brand should be or could be. And um, I chatted to them when I was looking for a name and asked them if they, if they wouldn't mind if I called my brand uh, Silver Creek uh, Moonshine, Southern Moonshine. And they said, no, they think it's a brilliant idea. So I went ahead and registered the name because nobody had and uh, I own that name now in the liquor business. So Silver Creek, that's the name of the distillery? That's correct, yeah. And then Southern Moonshine is the brand? The, the, one of the brands, yeah. Correct. One of the brands, yeah. okay. And how did you end up here? You're from the Eastern Cape. That's and, right, yeah. But we're sitting in Randfontein. <laughs> 25 years ago, I left uh, the restaurant industry. I had three restaurants in Port Elizabeth. Oh, lovely. And, uh, on the beach? So I've been in, uh, on the beach, Cadillac Jacks. So I've been involved with American icons uh, for many, many years. And then I joined another American icon. I joined KFC um, as the regional, regional manager up here in, in Gauteng. And I spent many years in the uh, quick service restaurant industry mm -hmm. um, and then uh, branched out into uh, consulting for the... Um, industrial catering business and um, I've been involved in industrial catering for the last uh, 15 years and for the last five years I've had my pet project which is the, the craft distillery. Okay, but why do I think you're involved in the motor industry? Well, that's, that's that uh, our history. Is you know, that that's the family? History. My dad uh, um, had the VW dealership in, in Port Elizabeth and my brothers still run it today, okay. have Core Motors. Uh, we've got the VW, Audi, Jeep, um, Suzuki, Fiat, Alpha, what more do you want? <laughs> On the so Dubai. Port Elizabeth in, and in George. In George as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and did you go into the, the restaurant business straight out of school? No, I, uh, I went into the motor business. I okay. did uh, marketing at uh, the Technicon. Um, and uh, from there I went into motor vehicle sales. Um, I won a prize for selling the most VW Beetles in South Africa um, and uh, traveled. That was my first trip to the States and uh, my fascination with the US uh, has never ended from there. What year was that? Uh, that was in the 70s, early 70s. Okay. Um, and from there I went to um, General Motors um, as a sales training instructor um, and ended up being a district manager for them. Um, uh, for their range of motor vehicles. What was and it, Chevrolet? Che Chevrolet and Opel, yeah, and Isuzu. 
And uh, I was then transferred to Johannesburg in 95. And I decided, uh, not 95, in 83, 83. Lord, Lord. <laughs> You're jumping. Yeah, in 83, and I decided not to take the transfer. And uh, I opened my own restaurant because uh, it had been a burning passion of mine. Yeah. So I opened Nelson's Arm um, Seafood Grill in, in 1983. And subsequently opened in 87, I opened The Anchor, which is the first pub in Port Elizabeth outside of a hotel. And then in uh, 93, I opened Cadillac Jacks on the beachfront, which is a rock and roll diner. Uh-huh. Yeah. So explain, just for the listeners, in those days, you say it was the first pub without a hotel. I mean, yes, yeah. that, that... So in the, in the old days, uh, you couldn't sell uh, liquor without selling a meal. Yeah. So you would have to have um, a special license uh, to do that. And there was only one, which was Forries in, in Cape Town. Uh, which uh-huh. was an historical uh, license, special license, and uh, we were number two in, in the country. Really? Uh, so we managed to, to break the stranglehold on, on uh, the hotels, if you will, and to be able to serve a drink without taking a, a meal, what oh. they called an ordinary meal, whatever okay. that might be. I can remember when I was at Varsity, which was in the 90s or yeah. 80s, late 80s, on a Sunday, you still had to buy a meal, otherwise you couldn't yes, buy booze, isn't correct, that? Quite correct, quite but correct. That's, yeah. uh, that's all gone so out all the those days are gone now. No, yeah, it's you just... You have to have edge-to-edge carpeting and, oh, really? and uh, high-class uh, glassware and cutlery, and, and uh, it was onerous. So it's, onerous. it sounds more onerous than uh, getting a distiller's license. Look, a distiller's license, not a walk in the park, I promise <laughs> you. But um, um, certainly I've been... I've, I've watched that movie. I've been there. So... Um, um, I was not daunted when it came to to the two-year process uh, to apply for a micro-manufacturer's license. But at least for you, you already had the premises and I'm sure you had other uses for it. Yes, yes. Because it's just part of your factory now. That's right. You, you've got a we, food factory uh, and then... Multi-purpose, this, uh, this whole facility, mm. and uh, it's got a, a sublease um, and it operates and as its own entity. The sublease yeah. is for reasons of the license or is it... Yeah, yeah. Mm. and... and that's the way that it has to have a lease. Mm. Um, any any um, liquor license has to have its own lease. Quite correct. Of course. <laughs> so that took you two years. Yeah, yeah it uh, took a long time. And so the incubation period for for getting into this style of business is actually much longer than you think. Yeah. So when you look at the development and uh, license application, um, all all the uh, technical aspects take a long time and. Uh, uh, a huge financial commitment and belief in the brand that you're creating. Mm. So it's not uh, to be taken lightly. Definitely a different commitment to when I started my brands with my partner where we knew exactly where to go in Kaya Sands and what flavor house to use and uh, within minutes we could have uh, our mix of yeah. bubblegum tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Quite correct. You know, uh, my commitment to um, authenticity yeah. um, has come at a price. Yeah. Because um, uh, all, all my development work is done in Louisville in Kentucky. Um, and I have an association with uh, an American partner. All our flavors are imported from the United States. So uh, our moonshine is as authentic as it can get. Although we make the base spirit here, um, yeah. according to, to their recommendations, the actual flavors and the methodology is all done in, in the state of Kentucky. Before we go down that, because that's very interesting, tell us a little bit about, I mean, I see Harley's, I, I see Moonshine, yeah. uh, and I see 
the Moonshine Man, but uh, did it all start on your first trip to the States? or No, um, possibly my third or fourth trip to the States. Um, I went to the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally um, in, in Sturgis in South Dakota. And um, I was, uh, we rode Hollies out of Denver, Colorado. And it was an absolutely wonderful uh, tour. And uh, I was attending a live concert by uh, ZZ Top mm-hmm. um, at uh, Buffalo Chip, which is an enormous outside uh, outdoor venue. And it started to rain. And I took uh, shelter under uh, an awning. And the stall was uh, a moonshine stall. So I thought, you know, I can't stand here um, and not buy something. Mm-hmm. So I bought a, a, a jar of moonshine. And uh, then I saw how it was resonating with the crowd and how people were really enjoying the fun aspect of moonshine. Because moonshine is not very serious. It's yeah. party in a bottle. Yeah. Um, most of it is uh, 24% alcohol by volume. So it's a little bit stronger than a sherry, but it's really good fun. And um, I thought, you know, this... This is something I can take home. Mm-hmm. And um, I, came, I came home and started doing my research. What year was that? That is uh, 14, uh, 2014. Okay, so it's not yeah. that long ago. Um, 15, I started with my license application. Yeah. 16, I went back to the States and I went to study at Munchon University in Louisville. That's a lovely uh, name. It is, and it exists. Can you believe it? <laughs> no. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, the owners of Munchon University own uh, Flavor Man who are the, one of the biggest flavor houses in the U.S. And uh, fortunately, I, I got on extremely well with the, the, the owner and MD, and um, he agreed to, to support my aspirations in, in Africa. Yeah. And um, so um, uh, they became my, my technical partners, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so 2014, this... This, this sojourn started, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, your, have you ever had a thought of distilling or was it purely to make moonshine? No, you know, I've always been involved in the, uh, in the liquor industry mm. from my days in the, in, the uh, in the restaurant business. I was um, uh, fortunate enough to go on the Castle Tavern tour with the South mm. African breweries. Um, I was the first one to pour draft beer in Port Elizabeth. I was going to ask outside because of a hotel, yeah. there, is, there is a story that the biggest single... Draw, castle draft outlet was in Port Elizabeth. I can't confirm that, but I tell you what, a lot of thirsty people there. <laughs> but it could have been uh, more recent than yeah, your, your it time. Be, it, it was on the beach uh, around kind of, isn't there? Uh, 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 most probably at Barney's. Barney's, uh, Barney's on the beach, oh, yeah, 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 which was my neighbor at Cadillac oh, okay. Jacks. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, for you, you've been cooking, you've been in the food industry, yeah, so, so to branch off into the booze industry yeah, you know, quite natural. My passion is creating. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a restaurateur by trade, really. Mm. Uh, I love creating stuff and um, um, pushing the boundaries, if you will, and that's why often people ask, why moonshine? Mm. And my answer is, is why not? Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's a global trend um, that's going to come here with me or without me. Mm. So I'm going to try and own that space. We've got uh, seven different flavors on the shelf. Mm. Um, and I think we've done a particularly good job on creating a unique packaging style, mm. a unique label, unique flavors. And um, certainly now we just need to get people to experience it and know what it is because yeah. people's understanding of moonshine is that it's Whitblitz or yeah. Mampur, which it certainly is not. Yeah. And I mean, my first struggle was when I came across the moonshine is to the question, and I've asked yeah. you this before, where do we put it in the bottles? Yeah, correct. Because it's people, it's like when I wrote my beer book, people don't go 
and ask for a beer book. Yeah. Maybe they do now, but they're looking for a beer book to yeah. brew beer, not to not to visit yeah. breweries. So they, 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 it's actually uh, um, two different styles of moonshine. Mm. Uh, technically, moonshine is white whiskey. Yeah. So it's a it's a, a good a good mash bill of, of maize, wheat, and malted barley. Um, that makes a clear moonshine. That is the traditional moonshine. And just we, to explain, yeah. explain um, why why it even exists. Maybe go back to yeah. If you if, if you want to trace uh, trace the, the history of it, really, it's the Scots uh, Irish immigrants that uh, landed up in the U.S. Okay. and settled in the Appalachian Mountains in Kentucky and Tennessee, um, and um, everybody had a still, and they would. Uh, convert the corn uh, into liquor and really it was as a mechanism of making currency because most of them were subsistence farmers mm -hmm. but they needed money to pay taxes and, and to pay for certain ingredients and things and rather than taking the corn to market they would actually distill it on site and take the, the liquor to market which transported a lot easier yeah. and converted a lot easier into money to yeah, real money sounds like and, a plan. Uh, and uh, when the powers that be started taxing um, locally made liquor to pay for the um, civil war um, in America that's when we had the, the huge revolt and uh, we started uh, seeing um, G-men and moonshiners and bootleggers and running from the law. So moonshine really, um, if you want to analyze the, the history of the name, is it's made under the, the, the light of the moon out there in, in the woods, okay, where they can't be detected. Okay. You know? But uh, so with the deregulation in, in the United States and, and here, uh, moonshine is entirely legal long as you, you pay your tax mm. um, and you make it in a facility that's food safe and you don't make it and out licensed. in your backyard and it's licensed, <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard, and I'm sure I'm stealing somebody else's words here, it's the younger, naughtier sister to, to bourbon, isn't it? Indeed, uh, when you look at the, the real, real moonshine, uh, as quick kicking moonshine, it's a, it's, a, um, it's a wonderful spirit, it's a clear spirit. Uh, you can deploy it wherever you deploy a, a, a vodka or a gin in a cocktail. And in fact, there are some um, chains of restaurants in the United States that use uh, clear shine as, as exclusively as the base for their cocktails. gives a nice twist to it. Um, but um, then the, uh, what, what makes it interesting is the potential of flavoring it. Mm. So flavored whiskeys is, is one of the biggest growth categories in the U.S. at the moment. Um, and... Um, Possibly it uh, would compete with the flavored vodka, mm -hmm. um, but it, it's just got a difference to it. Mm. And uh, that, that's authentic. where the growth is coming. Okay. Yeah. So explain, maybe go through what you've got. You, you've mentioned the clear shine. So, okay, we start with the clear shine, which is uh, our hero product, uh, which has won a double gold international award, the Michelangelo Award. Uh, and then the, the, the brother product to that is our charred shine, which we then take our clear shine and we impart a charred nature or character to it so it's wooded heavily wooded and um, um, it's like a good bourbon on steroids mm -hmm. so it's also 50% alcohol by volume Ooh. so um, those boys that stick it with coke or, or whatever or just drink it over ice and Americans call it sipping whiskey they just put it over rocks and uh, just sip on it and listen to a little bit of Led Zeppelin or, or uh, yeah. something like that yeah huh. 
Then the, the rest of the range um, are, are then our spirit aperitifs. Which is 24. the party, the party, party. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's party in a bottle. At 24% alcohol by volume. Um, flavors like apple pie, chocolate bonfire, which is the, uh, the hot cinnamon. Um, uh, caramel, and uh, we recently launched a, a margarita moonshine, which has been extremely ex- successful. Yeah. yeah, because there's a, I mean, we don't have that culture here, but I mean, in the States, margarita is everywhere, isn't it? Benchmark. Bigger than yeah. beer, yeah. probably. Don't give me water. <laughs> <laughs> give me margarita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and then obviously you've also caught on to the gin thing. Yes, yeah. So As a natural bolt on, um, we looked at gin. Uh, we launched our first American-style gin, um, which was developed by, by our American partners, which they call a, a New World gin. Um, not bone dry, it's not a London-style gin, uh, but a very a, a classic gin. Uh, the juniper, citrus, um, uh, that, the cinnamon, um, the classic botanicals. And to follow up, uh, we developed a pink gin that is further infused with raspberries, uh, blueberries, and hibiscus. And that uh, has been an incredible success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's, uh, the brand is called Prohibition. Yeah. yeah. So that fits into the whole yes. moonshine yeah, story. Yes, the whole story. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah. And, and if you haven't seen the, uh, the, the product, it comes in a beautiful jar. Where did you find that? Is that typical yeah. no, for moonshine? You know, uh, or what do you moonshine, call that bottle? Well, it's called a frontier bottle. A frontier yeah. bottle. Um, but really, it's a, it's a moonshine jar, if you will. It's got the little ear on it, where yeah. you, like the old Tuyamankan in this country. Um, but um, traditionally, in the United States, uh, you can find uh, moonshine in a, in a jam jar, mm-hmm. or what they call it a mason jar, or that style of bottle with a little ear on it, uh, which is the frontier bottle. Um, uh, we uh, started by having it made particularly for us in China, uh, but then we found an international supplier and we import them now from France. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and uh, the reception from the trade? Yeah, um, also um, they don't know what it is, mm. okay, so there's a lot of work to be done. Mm. Uh, we do a lot of shows, we do a lot of tastings, uh, we do a lot of PR, a lot of press coverage, mm. um, trying to take the brand to the people. But it's, uh, it's not fighting for space against something else, really, because it stands on its own. Mm. Um, certainly, the, uh, the gin side of the business has to fight for shelf space. And uh, we've been very fortunate in that regard. We've done quite well. Um, and we're bringing up uh, a new bl- blue gin shortly. Okay. Yeah. Is it a blueberry flavor? Or? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's, it's our base gin that is uh, infused with uh, the tire blue pea flower and a top note of uh, rose water. Okay. And of course, with the blue gin, it's, it's got that, that uh, funky reality. When you add tonic to it, it turns pink. Yeah, and that's from the, from the flower, isn't it? Correct, yeah. yeah. Okay. And is your distillery open to the public? At or the moment, only by appointment. Okay. Uh, you know, we're in the middle or by invitation. Of, or by invitation, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're in the middle of nowhere, so it's really a trek to get here. Yeah. But we have entertained groups before. I've had uh, motorcycle groups. I've had all sorts of groups come through here. But it's certainly by appointment. Yeah. Yeah, okay, and, and it's in Ranfontein in... Gauteng. Gauteng, yeah. And uh, when did you officially start trading? I can't remember. In 2016. 16. 16, 16. We sold, uh, June 2016, we sold our first bottle. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. And where, from, where to from here? Well, really, it's a, it's a journey, yeah. uh, like all things are. Um, we're now um, um, doing very well with Pick and Pay mm-hmm. as a major retailer. Uh, takealot.com. 
Mm -hmm. um, also so moving a lot of our product. We've just signed with Bottle Shop, and we're in the process of um, uh, looking at other major retailers um, because um, uh, we need to get to uh, Bloemfontein, we need to get to Nelspruit, we need to get to Kimberley. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, we're in all major centres. But we certainly need to get our distribution really going out. Yeah, and therefore you need the big chains. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, okay. And tell us a little bit about the story of the Moonshine Man. Oh, the Moonshine Man, you know, I, um, I've managed to cultivate this ridiculous uh, handlebar moustache that goes, goes with my uh, Holly Davidson affiliation. And when I was on distilling course in the United States, everybody, all the distillers had these monster beards. Yeah, and like the brewers, yeah. Me, yeah, and uh, me being a senior citizen and mainly grey, um, I said, look, what I'll do is I'll, I'll grow the tash, okay? Yeah. And, um, and uh, really, uh, that started the thinking of developing this uh, Moonshine Man story. And uh, we're, going to be, we're going to be pulling out that opportunity and having fun with it because at the end of the day, that's what Moonshine is. It's a, it's it's a fun. fun product. Yeah. yeah. And where do you, who, who drinks it now? Or have you identified? Have you, do you understand who, you, who the consumers are? People ask me, who, you know, uh, how do you drink it? I said, you drink it with friends. Mm. Okay. And, and really, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's a shooter. Um, keep it on the ice. Uh, drink it, uh, uh, drinking games, party games, around the fire, um, as, as an aperitif, as a, a dessert, the chocolate uh, as a dessert after, after a meal is absolutely outstanding. Um, it's finding traction with, uh, with the younger set, the millennials, if you will. Uh, a lot of people who are having the, the real shine, the clear shine and the charred shine are more senior. Okay. okay because it's a, it's a powerful spirit. And a lot of people, um, as you grow, uh, older your your uh, palate refines mm. and they can ac actually uh, appreciate the the nuances of, of of the flavors rather than just the bang and you don't okay. want the volume exactly because <laughs> you have to get up too often <laughs> oh well it's, it's been wonderful to visit you here finally i think yeah. I, I started worrying you long before you had your license that's correct <laughs> taking time but nice yeah. to have you here yeah yeah and um Currently, the stock is available in Durban, yes. Cape Town, and Joburg. Durban, Cape Town, Pretoria, Joburg, Bloemfontein, oh, Elizabeth, um, um, right along up and down the Eastern Cape Coast because obviously they, that's where my roots are. And so we're from Port Alfred right down to Plettenberg Bay okay. um, in, in most of the bottle stores. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. So pick yourself, how do you say it? Get your, get your shine on. Get your shine on. Get your ass down and get yourself a bottle. <laughs> Party. <laughs> <laughs> well, party in a bottle. Indeed. It's nice talking to you, Mark. Thank you, Holly. <laughs> Lovely.